Fuck it, the mic is on. By the way, a little legal stuff. All views and opinions expressed in this podcast are solely the views of Michael Hall. None of these views reflect any of the views of any company or association that Mr. Hall is affiliated with. So don't try nothing shady. And also, there's a lot of explicit raw content in here. So please be advised. Parental advisory. Enjoy the podcast. Yo, so I'm sitting up here and I'm on Facebook and I thought, you know what, man? I want to call one of my favorite people. So, uh, yeah, fuck it. The mic going to be on. Let me call my homeboy DJ Demp. I ain't talked to Demp in forever. So, we going to see if he answered the phone. Uh, my status ain't as good as it used to be. But we going to see if he comes through. Hello? Oh, shit, he answered the phone. Demp, what up, man? Yo, what's good? What's up, man? It's Mike Hall. How you doing, brother? Oh, what's good, Mike? What's happening? I'm all right, man. I just want you to know we already recorded, man. You know I've always been a nerd in your crew, so the technology already running, man. How you been, though? <laughs> <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. What's up with you, man? Uh, man, you know you can cuss, be casual. I just, uh, I got a little thing called Fuck It, The Mic Is On. You remember how we used to do back in the days talking in a barbershop, and um, I made a post just talking about how I realized I got some really dope friends that have accomplished a lot, and just some of our conversations between after the club or in the barbershop used to be some of the most amazing things. And I just was like, you know what, before I die, before something happened to me, let me get some of this stuff captured on audio. So I thought I'd call you and catch up on my podcast instead of just harassing you to give you a call in the middle of your work day. Cause I know you're a busy man. So I want to make the best out of the time. I know you can. Yeah, I don't, I don't curse, I don't smoke, and I don't drink. You know what, man? That's always been your thing. Like, in, in the industry that you're in, because you were always just drinking water, I forgot what your favorite soda used to be. Like, how did you maintain that with everything you do in the industry? I got to give you the slow clap for that, too. But how did you maintain that? Well, I don't, I don't like to taste the alcohol. That's one thing. But right. the, part about the, the part about the cursing, I'm lying. I, I, I curse all the time, so... That part is cool. I, I <laughs> but I don't, I don't drink, I don't drink, and I don't smoke. Right. So, um, I don't like to taste the alcohol. But when I, back in the days when they used to try to get me to drink, it wouldn't work. You right. know what I'm saying? So they always had to try to camouflage it with some type of fruit drink, fruit, fruit type of drink. Um, they used to make this drink. It was orange, cranberry, pineapple, and try to mix a little alcohol in it, but what happens is the alcoholic, when you put a little bit of alcohol in a drink, that'll trigger them. They say you can't they say you can't taste it. Right. But for me, I can still taste it. So I would be like, nah, I can still, you know, it should still strong. They'd be like, man, this shit is watered down. Like what are you talking about? But that's for the people who actually drink. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, um for me it just wasn't it wasn't worth it. Like it was, you know, we're trying to trying to camouflage the drink so that I really can't taste it or whatever. It just ain't seem like it was worth it to me. Plus, I've always seen people that were drunk, and I just never wanted to get like that. That makes sense. I always wanted to stay alert. So it just, you know, for me, it was like a, a no-brainer to not do because I didn't like the taste of it anyway. So it was like, why force something that's not for me? And that's what it was. You know, a lot of people drink and don't like the taste, but they just want the feeling. I don't even want the feeling. You know what I'm saying? You've always been business-minded, so, though, man. You were that way ever since 1997 when I met you. Yeah, you can't, you can't function you can't function drunk. Everything alters. Right. You know what I'm saying? So for me, for me, it was like watching people who I knew that were in their right mind before they got a little bit of alcohol in their system, and then I would change them after the fact. I always was like, I don't want to be in that position. You know, that's, that's a no-no. And then, like I say, being that I didn't like the taste, it was like, okay, well, it just makes sense to not even, not even force it. And then I used to smoke weed heavy, but I stopped doing that because at some point in time, you gotta, you gotta be focused, man. And, and it's hard to be business minded and you're unfocused. 
And you so, know what? I just realized uh, something, man. I just I said it, and you know, even though I'm a nerd and I'm good with math, I just realized that means your first dimp week was in '97. We on twenty three, yeah, right? Yeah, I'm on twenty three. Man, so twenty three years. Yeah. You had to be like one of the originators yeah, but, to be a DJ with your own week, because I don't really remember. I know nobody in Tallahassee is anything close to it, but like. Well, I, Actually, yeah, actually, I am the only DJ with my own week. Actually, well, I, I'm going to take that back. I'm the first DJ to start it. I got my own week situation. And then there's a few others that copied. Don't get me wrong. They might have said, they might have told me, like, yeah, Jeff, you inspired me to do this or whatever. Right. But there was many to follow afterwards. I, I've seen many, you know, and you can go look at how long they've been doing it and tell where it started at. Uh, I'm, I'm getting ready for my 23rd annual. But, I am the only DJ or person in the world to have his own week. So when I say that part, meaning people get proclaimed a day, like, you know, you have my my, uh, so-and-so day in in, in L.A. or whatever, whatever, but I'm the only person to actually have a a week. Yeah, you got your proclamation from the city of Tallahassee, right? Right. Well, actually, I got three proclamations now. So I I I got my original proclamation in 2005 from the mayor, from John March, the mayor of Tallahassee. And then a couple of years later, as I was doing my anti-bully rally, they gave me a separate one just for the anti-bully rally. And then we changed, we've gone through two mayors since then. Well, not gone through, we had one one mayor that, that's not mayor anymore. And then we have a new mayor who just, who just got sworn in this year, okay. whose name is John Daly. Okay. So John Daly, John Daly came to one of my events, and, and you know that's why I met him at. And he was talking to me. I was it was I was doing a a, um, a back to school book bag drive for the kids, and he ended up pulling up. You know I didn't know who he was. I didn't know what he looked like. I can't say I didn't know who he was, but I knew who he was. I didn't know exactly what he looked like. I just thought he was coming to get book bags. So he pulls up, and you know we're talking or whatever, and I noticed that the lapel on his shirt said that the office of the mayor. And I'm thinking like, okay, well maybe he works with the mayor, maybe he had, you know, somebody in in the political field. I still didn't know that that was actually him until he said his wife's name, and I was like, oh wait a minute, I'm talking to the mayor. So anyway, we get to talking about stuff and Dent Week and whatever, and um, that's coming up. And he said, you know what, I want to present you because I told him I had the proclamation already, and he said, I want to present you with a new proclamation. Mm. And I was like, you know, it kind of it kind of threw me off. It was like. You know, how does that work? You know what I'm saying? Like, what does that do? And he was like, yeah, new mayor, new proclamation. So I, so I said, you know what? That sounds, to me, that sounds good. It's almost like getting in, like, painting your house or, or renewing renewing your contract or whatever right. the case may be. You know what I'm saying? So for me, it was more, when I got the last proclamation, which was in 2005, that was in that era right before social media was popular. Like, there was no Instagram. There was no I think Twitter, I don't even know if Twitter was around. It wasn't that big. 2005. I mean, you still needed a street team at that point in life. Right. You still, we, we still had street teams and stuff. I don't think Twitter was even popping like that. I think Facebook might have been around for college students only. Um, and we might have had MySpace still. I'm not sure. But anyway, it's the day of social media. So although I've posted my proclamation many of times during Dent Week or before Dent Week saying, you know, I got a proclamation. Yesterday he gave me a proclamation. I went to the I actually did it in the mayor's office and you know we, we I went live or whatever. But he also he posted that he gave me the proclamation. He posted a picture of me and him. Mm. And it's like the the post went crazy and everybody was congratulating and things like that. And it just goes to show me that you you have to re, like everything that you do is called evolution. You right. feel what I'm saying? All right. You have to you have to evolve in life, and you have to um, you have to renew things, you know. And and that was like that was a sign of me saying, okay, as, as many times I've said, yeah, I got the proclamation, you know, Dent Week is official. It's only da da da. It was almost like uh, some people still don't see that. So it's now like when the mayor it for the first showed time it, all over again, right? It's like doing it for the first time all over again and people were saying it's about time and all that and I'm like, no, it's not about time. I've had this 
it's been over a decade. I've, this 15 years, I've had a proclamation already. You feel what I'm saying? For the last 15 years. So, but if you paint your truck and come down the street, they're going to be like, yo, you got a new truck, yo. Right. That's, it could be the, you could be driving a Tahoe. Right. And you go paint your Tahoe when you come down the street. They're going to be like, yo, you got a new Tahoe, yo, yo, yo. You're like, no, it's the same Tahoe. You know what I'm saying? Like, so um, that was just like a, for him to do that, and for him to even think of doing that, you know, he's, he's a cool mayor. I, I'm not even going to lie. He's very community oriented. He loves to be out and about. He likes to have his hands in different things and make sure he's, he's on the scene. Um, it's, a, it's a great deal. You know, he does great things. And so, it was cool, man. It was cool. It was. It, it brought a lot of light because we could. Just, it's, it's coming up in 18 days. It actually brought a lot of extra light to what I do for people who might still be like under a rock or people who don't know. You know, Tallahassee. We have a community, and then we also have a bunch of people that come and go. Right, because of the colleges. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It, it, the colleges and plus business people, whatever, they, they might move here. People move here all the time, so they might be new to Tallahassee two years, three years. Right. Some people don't go to certain things for their party, but you know, like I said, yesterday was a, was a great day for that. Um, and it was, you know, getting my getting my third proclamation for Gent Week, which is almost like a new proclamation. I mean, it is a new proclamation, but it's almost like, like I've never had one before, which I know I have. So man, yeah. you I it mean you're like you're you're originating in the game. Like we said, you you talking about twenty three years you've been doing this, like you was breaking music and I remember one of the biggest things you did for me besides you and Cool Ant allowing me to carry crates and start doing promotions for y'all when I was in college was when I had my clothing line and uh footprints and you used to rock the shirt and when I posted one of the things a couple of years ago, you was like, Oh man, I remember that and I posted one of the old pics. It be used to be me, you uh, DB3, Donnell, and um, Peter, right. we right. used to all be hanging out at the park. Right. Like, you was always kind of a trendsetter right. and taking risks. Like, even though you was from a small city, you know, juvenile, a lot of artists that made it big these days, you was always a part of that culture. How did you stay so integrated even though we was just in Tallahassee? You know what I'm saying? Uh, I, one, it was skill. Okay. So I can definitely say I could definitely say the skills, hold on a second. This front, the, the front window, just make sure that part, and I don't, it's on the outside. All right. Yeah, they doing my car, my bad. No, All right, cool. so, so, um, the, man. Hello? Yeah, I'm here. Go ahead, go ahead. Okay, I have an echo. Skills is what got me where I'm at. So basically, with, with with that being said, like when I used to DJ in the club, I used to walk the club. If you was in the club, then you knew my name came for it. There wasn't no social media, so it wasn't like I got famous off of a bunch of likes or whatever, whatever. We didn't have that. We had no social media. Even This was even before MySpace came around. Right. You know what I'm saying? MySpace, by, by the time MySpace got here, you know, that's when you was able to see a little bit of stuff that was going on. Gent Week was already in this, in the making. And by the you way, know, you was on. right on your time. Everything, Twitter and Instagram was open to the public. I mean, Twitter and Facebook were open to the public in 2006 and 2005. So that was well after you had already started your reign. Right. So that's, that's around when I had got the, the, um, the proclamation. But, it, but we still didn't. It, we was new. I didn't get on Twitter until after that. Right. So when they started, DJ had to get me, he was like, yo, they got this thing called Twitter. You need to get a be a part of it. I wasn't really into social media like that because right. I'm not really a social type of person. I'm really I'm more of an introvert. It's kind of weird because I'm a DJ, but that just me. I'm a Capricorn. I don't you know, I, I kind of stay to myself. But my skills is what got me to where I'm at. You know, I used to rock the parties. Like I I mean I still can rock the parties, but as you get a little bit older you, you, everything changes. You know what I'm saying? Right. Um, but I, I used to shut the parties down. So everybody that I DJ for is because they might have been to a party. That, like when I when I DJ for Trick Daddy, it's because Trick came to the moon one time. And he was like, I want this dude to be my DJ. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Um, signed with Slip Inside. I remember that. Yeah, same, same thing with David Banner. Um, you know, David seen me DJ, and he was like, yo, I need him to do 
he told me this. He said, I, I want him to do for my show what he's doing for Flip show. Mm. And, you know, when I DJ for Lil Flip, we booked Lil Flip to come do a concert in Tallahassee. Lil Flip didn't have a DJ. I end up having to be his DJ to play his set, but we meshed so well. When he left that day, he called back and was like, are you available to go on the road? Mm. You know what I'm saying? Um, same thing with Luke. Luke was the first person I DJ for. Luke Luke always frequent Tallahassee. Luke loves Tallahassee. So he used to come up there and come to the party. Right. And, and uh, hold on a second. Here you go, bro. I ain't even got to look at you. I always. Yes, sir. Um, yeah, so Luke, so Luke used to come and, uh, you know, he'd come and part of both. Everybody from there, Katrina, to Juvenile. When I met Juvenile, we was on tour, and, and, and Juvie wanted me to come out with him. Um, so that's how I was. But it was crazy because everybody I DJ for, I never lived in any of these people's cities. And, and it's a blessing because if you think about it, how big Houston, Texas was, Flip could have got any DJ from Austin, from Dallas, from, you know what I'm saying? He could have got any DJ from around that way to get a DJ all the way from Florida right. with something that's good. And that's the same with David Banner. You know, if I'm DJing for, my, for an artist that's way in Mississippi, and, and he got between Tallahassee and Mississippi, there's plenty of places he could have picked a DJ to come on the road with him. So, um, you know, my skills played a part in, in, in me building my whole brand. Um, and keeping up that, you know, what it was that I did. You could, I, I used to rock the parties. People used to love my parties. That's how Gent Week even started, was because I already had a rapport in the city with doing the clubs every night. It just, when I came, Gent Week started in 96. Well, it started in 97. Mm-hmm. But it was because I wanted to go sound DJ. And in 96, we made a record called My Peace. Right. Right. We that. went on tour in 96. We went on tour in 96, June. Summer, summer of 96. We went on tour. So we, told the, we toured the whole year. When we got ready to come off tour, at the end of 96, going into 97, we had just got a gold album. And I wanted to celebrate getting a gold album. I wanted to celebrate my birthday and all that. Cause my birthday is January night. So I just wanted to celebrate and I wanted to party and every every night that I was DJing in the club, I just wanted to, you know, put up some balloons and party or whatever. I remember that. Um, that was my first year at Florida and State. How, yeah, and that's how Dent Week actually started. It, it, I didn't even start it. It was Vaughn Wilson, DJ Ace. He's the one that said, yo, this is like Dent Week because I was celebrating all week. Pretty much. Actually, it wasn't even all week. I think I, I was doing my Moon Wednesday and I had something on Thursday at CCA. Friday night was like the underground. Saturday was the moon. You know, and I'm celebrating. And Vaughn was like, yo, this is like Dent Week. Mm. And so it, that kind of rung, that rung to me. And I was like, oh, okay, well, that's what's up. And, you know, the only people that had weeks back then was uh, sororities and fraternities. Yeah. You know, I, so they weren't really like that. I remember that because I was... really like that. <laughs> I came in the fall of 97, so I missed the first one. But I remember, I was like... Cause I actually I had messed up grades my first semester, so I came back and I was like, all right, I got to figure out a way to make money and get back around. And I was like, yo, how does a DJ have a whole week? And that's when I met you. I met you my freshman year, uh, which would have been uh, basically your winter '98, the the spring '98, that first uh, first semester of ni- uh, 1998. But so you've had the you had the clothing line, you had the record. It's something I've been always wanting to say to you. I can't really say it when I'm seeing you chatting with people in the groups. How does it feel when it's it's you and TJ Chapman? And when I think of music in Tallahassee, I think of you two. Y'all have like this wealth of knowledge, and sometimes they just feel like these young cats don't listen to y'all, man. Like, how's that? Because I know sometimes you'll jump in the conversation, and I've seen you kind of just walk away from it like, all right, I ain't going to keep preaching. Y'all going to hear what y'all want to hear. But it's like y'all have a wealth of knowledge right there in this little old city. And it's like, I mean, it's still the capital of Florida, but how does it feel right now? Like, what's the what's the game like in Tallahassee right now? I mean, the game is good for those that really want to learn. But, you know, you know, just like anything, if you take music out of the whole scenario and you put it 
that you put a kid to the, just think of life in general. You know, some kids didn't really listen to their parents or listen to the, the big brothers or, you know what I'm saying? Right. They always thought that they could do stuff on their own. And then the ones that actually did listen, they might have learned something that could help them further. So, you know, you don't have to listen. I, I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm not the person who you have to listen to. But at the same time, if you want to, and I don't mind giving game, you know, then, then that's what it is. I don't claim to know everything, but I have been in the game long enough. It's like if you talk to your grandpa or your grandmother, they can tell you what they've gone through and stuff that they've had to do to get where they're at, especially if they're successful. Right. And then you can you can actually study that and you can go your own route or you can follow some of their footsteps and, and, and create your path or whatever the case may be. You know what I'm saying? So that's really what we provide. We provide knowledge to get in these cats. Now, whether they listen or whatever, I'm not holding nobody's hands. I don't. I don't really care. I've done. I don't owe nobody nothing. True. I've I've been in the game long enough. You know. I'm I'm still, I'm still managing myself. You know what I'm saying. I, I still have to make sure that I'm grounded. Um. That I, that my business is handled. So I don't really have time to to worry about if somebody else is listening to what I'm saying because of their career. You know, or whether they say I don't support indie artists whatever like I support everybody because if, if an indie artist come up and ask me any questions I'm going to give you the game for free you know right. what I'm saying and although they say the game is, is to be sold not told in the music business it's like you, you, you owe a certain diligence to, to give out some of this, this game that's why I'm a DJ no, you know I mean, saying? I remember that because you gave me I the don't... foundation of footprints when I had all the girls doing my marketing and I was like yo damn I'm just going to have all females on my marketing team, but I'm going to have four dudes to walk around and make sure they're safe and stuff. And I just remember you saying, you was like, that's the smartest thing I ever heard someone do. Make it happen. Let me know when you're going to start pushing out my flyers. And, like, that was how I got into but, it. But let me but let me tell you why. Because I've always been a person who I aspire to aspire. Right. So anytime somebody looks to, looks to me for any type of information, that feels good to me because that shows I have some level of respect for a person who even feel like they need to get something from me. You feel what I'm saying? So that's why I don't mind giving you the game. I actually did that for a few people like E. Mackie. E. Mackie, when he had his clothing line and he wanted to start Dent Week, he wanted to start, he, he came to me and said, yo, can I put my clothes in your fashion show? Right. And I'm like, hell yeah. Because I Dent Week, when I started Dent Week, like I said, I was just celebrating my birthday. Once I learned that it was a platform to help other people, I, I let my platform out to these people. My fashion show was not for me. I'm not a I'm not a fashion designer, and I'm not anything. But at the same time, I knew that there was models that could be seen that probably could get more exposure from that week. So I put on fashion shows. I put on fashion shows, and I told all these modeling troops, y'all bring y'all best people, whatever, and let's do a whole all star lineup. Y'all y'all getting ready. It's the new. We talk, it's the top of the year. The students are coming in. Let them see that y'all troops are the ones that they need to join. That's how my fashion show came about. So when you had these people like the clothing designers or whatever, they wanted to put their clothes in there, hell yeah. This is, my platform is your platform to get exposure. I mean, because I remember that. I tried to, I remember I I tried to sell you a shirt and I asked you if I had to pay you to wear it on certain nights. And you was like, nah, but I'm going to buy the shirt from you because I respect, which you wouldn't even let me give you a shirt for free. You always bought the shirts from me. And I I mean, I do remember you always being supporter. If you remember that, that's respect. I ain't gonna need a lot of people because if I said that and I don't need, I don't remember back that far, but I do remember rocking your shirt because I like the design. And if that's what I said, then that's that's a hundred. But the reason why I even did it is because I knew I had a brand or I knew I was a person that could help a brand. Right. You know what I'm saying? So I knew people said like if them you know, they always said I had that if, if you put Dimp name on it, that means it's stamped official. Yeah, and yeah. I like, even when you used to just that. hang out at Clippers, <laughs> when you started hanging out at Clippers, Clippers took off. Everybody had to get their hair cut at Clippers because you was out there. Right, from the right time. That, well, actually, I did the ribbon cutting at Clippers. When, right. Rob, when Rob first wanted to open up Clippers, he came to me and said, Dimp, I want you to do my ribbon cutting because I know what you bring to the table. So I said, hell yeah, I'm come do your ribbon cutting. We came and by my phone. But that's what, they. anytime somebody said that, because I was a part of it, I made that stamp. Anybody I can help, you know, and I've done this for kids that want to run for office on, on the college campus or whatever the case may be. 
You know what I'm saying? Where I felt like if, if I could stamp you, then I will. So for your for you to be trying to do what you was doing, I like to see an ambitious, a young ambitious brother trying to do what they want to do in life. And that's what that's what I like to see the most. Right. You feel what I'm saying? That's inspiration to me to see somebody else not trying to, you know, because it's easy to be lazy. Yeah. That's the easiest thing in the world to do is be lazy. It's hard to have ambition enough and drive to actually do, you know what I'm saying? To, to go, it's, it takes a lot of money to put a, a clothing line together. Yeah. You know, I know how you were doing that to begin it, but right. it takes a lot of money to even focus on that and not and feel like, okay, I'm going to put my time and energy and my freedom, my money into this project. You feel what I'm saying? Because I did the same thing with them. I put my money and time and energy into that after I found out that it was something that could be utilized. It turned into me having a party, then it turned into business. You feel what I'm saying? And so it used to be I was just trying to figure out what car was going to drive that week, and me and my partners were just going to the club. We all wanted to rent the same car and pull up like we was all a click. Right. And then it turned into what artists I'm booking. You feel what I'm saying? Who I got to book now, what hotels I got to get, what what type of event. That's how I became an event planner. I wasn't an event planner. I had to make sure that I... The same way I became a DJ is the same way how Dent Week evolved to what it is now because I got thrown into the mix and I had to make sure that because that was my baby that I birthed it right. You know what I'm saying? That I, that I nurtured it right and I did the right thing. So for your clothing company, I, I, I used to just like seeing what you was doing. I I was inspired by that. Man, so I remember I was, actually I mean, time discipline came. I remember some of my time discipline coming from you too because... I remember when you would leave us and be like, yo, I got to go home and practice my set. I got to go home and get on these wheels. I was like, you was like, what, man? You already a dope DJ. What you mean? You was like, yeah, I'm good because I'm always, I'm always working. I'm always trying to be better. And I was like, man, cause you would just straight up leave us and be like, all right, I got to go. I got stuff to do. You was always real structured with your time. That was always something I always yeah, like, appreciated. No, you gotta, you gotta be starting to, and anything that you do, if you want to get better, you gotta practice. It's not, it's, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's never going to be a time where you just feel like you got everything, you know it all. So that's, yeah, that's, I used to stay in the room and practice all the time. And once I learned I wanted to be a DJ, then I knew that this was my, you got to perfect your craft. You know what I'm saying? It don't matter what you do in life. So, Especially when you love doing it. Are you you got to do it. You got to keep going. Are you wearing this into fruition or have you been signed by Rock Nation? Because if not, I'm, I'm wondering, because you always rocking some Rock Nation stuff. All right, let me tell you something. People have asked, you know, you know, you know what's so crazy is because people have asked me was that my clothing line. So wow. For people to ask me like, like, yo, is this your clothing line? Meaning they've seen it, they seen it on me before they seen it on Jake or seen somebody else rocking it on Rock Nation or whatever. So, for one, I, I like the logo. Yes, yeah, the logo, the paper plane is logo. off the chain. It's a, it's a, it's a dope, it's a dope logo. You know what I'm saying? All right. First, Jay Z is my favorite artist, right? That's me to hear all that. No, but you can't you can't argue that point with me about who's the greatest artist of all time. I'm gonna say Jay. I say this this the thing, the shit from the beginning. You feel what I'm saying? Once I learned about Jay, I studied that shit from the beginning and, and seeing how he evolved in the game. Yeah, you were only I'm you were one of the only people that. playing reasonable doubt back then. All day. So from from lyrics to everything. And I'm gonna tell you who put me on who put me on Jay Z. It was CDJ. You remember CDJ from yep. Love well, y'all know from Love and Hip Hop, but I knew CBJ from back when he was when he had just finished being a bad boy, one of the bad boy hitmen. He was a producer for for um for bad boy. No, I remember you telling us about him, yeah. That was that was that was CBJ. So mm-hmm. when I went to CBJ house, right, with my partner Fitzroy, Fitzroy J. So when I went to we, we went to Buffalo, New York, and we spent thanks we spent Thanksgiving. It was either Thanksgiving or Christmas, I can't remember. But we spent the time. It was one of those holidays. We went to Buffalo, New York, to CBJ's grandma's house, right? And and at this time, CBJ had a Range Rover. He took us around. He was like, "We're gonna go around the city, or whatever." The Range Rover had the bulletproof windows and all this. So this was right after Biggie and Pop got killed. Right. So they had to ride like this. He had the stash box. With the Glock in the inside, that you had to push two buttons in order to open up the stash box to get the Glock. You know what I'm saying? Like he had all this stuff. But while we ride through the city, we bumping that. Got to get that paper dog. Got to get that the, the whole album. We did all that. This um, you had Reservoir Dog. You had um, the joint with Foxy. All that. 
that when he played that album, that's what we listened to when we was riding through the city. And that's how I got on Jay. So when I came back, I started listening to more Jay Z stuff. And then I just followed the whole the whole thing with just the lyrics and all that, which was cool. You know what I'm saying? So following his movement the whole time, it inspired me because Jay, obviously if you if you follow Jay, whether you like his lyrics or not, you just, you understand he he evolved in the game. Yeah, because like four 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 is artwork. It ain't even videos or music. That's a, right. that's artwork. Right. He came from the project to being a billionaire. They're not without no you know what I'm saying, just in music. So there's there's no there's you can't really that that didn't come from a silver spoon. That didn't come from nothing. That came from straight street hustling, grinding and, and building on top of your whatever you have, putting your stones on top of each other and building a mansion. All right, so he did that, right? So now here comes Rock, the Rockefeller, um, the the logo for Rock Nation, and I see it and I'm like, yo, this is dope. I don't even know if I knew it was Jay's before I I seen it, whatever, but I seen it and I thought it was dope. So I started rocking it. Now also Paper Planes at the time, like I said, I was smoking weed then, so Paper Planes meant something to us that was a little bit different. You know what I'm saying? It was you know if you smoke Paper Planes, that I means you smoked out of paper. I got you. We always call, even with Khalifa called paper planes, even uh, currency called it paper planes. Right. You know what I'm saying? So we, but that that the, the uh, Rotten Nation thing of paper planes was elevate. You feel what I'm saying? It, it has a meaning behind it. Like the paper plane allows you to store and some, 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 whatever, whatever. It has, it has this whole little meaning behind it, which is inspirational. It's motivational. You feel what I'm saying? Like, so I'm, I'm all in a motivation. That's what I'm about. So I'm in a positive thought, motivation, and the whole nine. So now, with that, I started just walking. This is before he even. This is when he just had hats and maybe two t-shirts. I'm rocking the. I'm rocking the the, the hell out of, the, of this line. Yeah, because those and hats are hard are to get now, especially those fitted. You can't find them fitted no more. Right, right. And when they just came back out with the fitted, but I would I wear the snapback. I stopped wearing fitted. I never got a, a rock nation fitted. But I did get the um I always had the plain snapbacks. I got pretty much every color stuff for the I couldn't get the blue. But yeah, the, the um I, I started rocking it so much that I started getting the apparel. You know, first I was getting the hats. I loved the hats and I got a few T shirts and then I got onto like the when they started because I was there when they when they was introducing new stuff. Like I said, first they started with like two T shirts, a black one and a white one. You know what I'm saying? Right. Then they added to the they added to it, and they brought some shorts out, and they had some joggers, and they and they don't get me wrong, it's not cheap. The shit yeah. is not cheap, so it's if you're gonna get, if you're gonna be in it, yeah, you're gonna be in it. You're gonna spend some money, so you know I, I used to dabble and dabble in that a little bit, and I I cut away from like the Gucci and, and the Louis. It was a little bit cheaper, but it was still pricey. And so I was like, you know what, I can rock this, and I'm not looking like everybody else because people wasn't on it. Motherfuckers wasn't on that shit, so right. I knew when I came out with it. I can I can look like myself. You feel what I'm saying? And, and then Jay Z was wearing it, so it was like shit. I'm wearing something that another boss wear. And by the way, so, it's and uh, it was, and, it used to make black, paper planes to mentally fly away. That's what it was about. That's what right. Emory Jones said the logo was for. Right. Okay. And then and then also it was black owned. Yeah, absolutely. But I was going I was going like to see if you was, was like going to go there. Yeah. Not nah, that was the that was the main thing. It's like what you going to support? You going to support something? You feel what I'm saying? You're going to support as black owned. So now now I'm really into for what it is because I don't rock the Sean Johns and I don't rock the Fubus and all that stuff. You know what I'm saying? I, I'm all, I'm into that. So for me, the paper plane was like, that's what's up. But now that I knew that everybody couldn't be on it and I knew that some people were like, nah, that, that had us too much. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I just, nah, now I know, okay, I can rock this. And I'm still, I'm, I'm still at this level right here where I know motherfuckers ain't going to better just go grab this shit but at the same time, I like what it looked like. So I wore the fuck out of it, and I still rock it. Like, if you look at most of my shit, I got every color hat. So every time I buy an outfit or something, I got a Rock Nation hat to go with it. Or I, I done switched from polo tees to Rock Nation tees. What was that? You know what I'm saying? I, I, what was that concert you put together when or you had to be a part of? I remember Jaheem was there because y'all had me backstage. And it's just funny when you said Sean John. I remember having on a full Sean John jumper with the the headband. I had just started growing my dreads, and I had the T-shirt. But you used to like you used to get some of the dopest concerts down there. 
I know you started booking for other people and everything, but what made you just never get a manager? I mean, because I, I know uh, DJ D-Nice, uh, we was talking to him, and D-Nice was like, he cut his manager when he realized he wasn't really getting the gigs he want, and he was like, I'm wasting money for something I can do, which is simply answer the phone and make sure I book the gigs I want to be at. Like, what I, made I you became, decide? I became, my, I became my own manager, and, and it's because I didn't I didn't have a manager, so I had a, I end up, I used to have to try to get people to be my manager, but it takes a lot for somebody to be your manager. For one, they need to be qualified in the game. You have to know more than me, a right. lot more than me, in order for you to be my manager. And at this point in time, at this particular time, I hadn't been in the game so long. Trying to find that person was hard because I knew I was always teaching a motherfucker how to do some shit for me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And it was like... So you working twice, you know, no matter what. Right, I'm working twice. So like somebody might call and say they want to book me, they don't really supposed to talk to me. So I'm telling the person to sit next to me what to say, how to say it, you know, what I want. Yeah, I, I don't, I can't take that fight. You got to tell them this. You know right. what I'm saying? You got to tell And I'm doing all that. So I say, you know what, fuck it. I'm sorry. I made, I had an alias name. And so when you call it, and you know, I got two phones. So when you call the book, me, you call another number. So when somebody calls, they trying to book them or they email and they want to book them and now they call I used to still answer the phone, but I answer the phone as somebody else. And I'm talking to these people. <laughs> I know it. I know exactly what to say. I know exactly what to say to them because I'm negotiating for myself. Right. And I know I know what I can tell them now. He I already know he's not gonna do that, but I can get I'm telling them I can get him to do this. Okay, yeah. You know what I'm saying? So the price would be this, but I could bring it down a little bit and I know he'll be okay with that. So they because think I'm they get the deal, but you negotiating exactly what you want. I'm nego- I'm, yeah, I'm negotiating because if they talk to me, per se, they're going to try to talk me all the way down. Right. And that's why people have to have a filter between that because anytime somebody feel like they're talking to you, they want to talk to you to fucking death. But for me, I just knew that I could count, I could be the middleman in my own situation, and I've always done that. And so, you know, I've had PRs now. You, you know, you get a publicist that they can help you get work. Right. But if you know, if you got a brand, if you got a brand and you know what you're doing, now don't get me wrong, I probably could be way larger than what I am right now. I don't get, I'm, I'm not saying that I couldn't be larger than life right now, but I'm not, I'm not mad at where I'm at in life because I would have never known coming from where I was coming from that I would be where I'm at right now. You sure, know what I'm saying? You happy, that's what matters. I done traveled the world. Yeah, I done traveled the world millions of times just off of being a DJ. I didn't even know I was going to be a DJ. I was just liking music. I was providing music for house parties. I didn't know I was going to be a DJ. Right. I didn't know I was going to make this type of money. I was making, you know what I'm saying? I was making lawyer type of money when I was a jit, like 18, 19. When I got into the ghost town DJ shit, that shit changed my whole fucking perspective. That's why my rate, I was the only DJ here, and I feel I'm the highest paid DJ here in the city, but I was getting that money when I was back at CPA. DJ <laughs> still can't even get that price right now because they're not going to pay you. I, they paid me that type of money when I was at CPA because I was the, I was the big dog. Right. And niggas can't, niggas still around here getting $200, $300. You know what I'm saying? I was getting, I was getting the, the, in the stats range when I was just DJ at CPA because I was running that bitch. Motherfuckers yeah. ain't even, you know what I'm saying? Like, so it was crazy because making that type of money when you were a jit on a constant week-to-week basis, that's why I was able to pull up in the cars I was pulling up in because I was making that type of money. And yeah, you was one young, of the first cats pulling up in that Escalade. I remember that. Yeah. When you got that type of money when you're young, you don't, like, you don't understand it. Like, if I knew what I knew back then, then it would be, be a little bit different now because I would have saved. But when you got that type of money back then, you spend what you get. You feel right. what I'm saying? you like, you never had it before. It's so easy to just go out Let and buy go. some shit. So yeah, when the when 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 the new Escalade came, first I got the first Escalade. Then when the new Escalade came out, the, it was only two people that had it at the time. It was before the commercials came out. I remember that. Me and the president, we was, <laughs> we was the only ones that had the new Escalade. Then it was like you know, like I was I was stunting, I was pulling up and shit. So for me, it was like you know making that type of money. But when you get older, you learn it's a it's a different ball game. So you have to move your money a but little I bit think, different and all that. I think one of the biggest things is business-minded people think the same because when I had left you guys, I left in like 2001. I went to grad school. 
And um, when I was up in North Carolina, I was working for Adam and Eve. At the time, I didn't even know what Adam and Eve was. They ended up being the second largest porn company and toy distribution company in the world. And I started managing some of the black girls in the industry because I was like, y'all not getting paid the same and y'all dancing on the West Coast where a stripper is a dime a dozen. But on the East Coast, we got better music and better strip clubs. Y'all should travel to the East Coast and book yourself over there. So I was working with like Cherokee, Monique. I was working with a lot of those girls. But I, I did the same thing you did. I was like, they're not going to respect if it's just another dude. They're going to think, oh, we can get it from them, whatever. So I made a whole company called Bella Mafia Inc. And I would always have a female answer the initial call or make the initial call for me. And I would come back and finish up the negotiations because it's like, if people have immediate access to you, they seem to not respect you the same. It's almost like just because they got to go through that extra filter, it's like, oh, he important. And it was like, it was just whatever girl I was dating at the time. Like, hey, answer this call and tell them I'll get back to them in 15 minutes. That 15 minutes allowed me to make an extra $2,000. And that's how how it is. And that's why I became my own manager. And I used to filter all my shit because I knew the importance of somebody saying, damn. And then when I pull up, the person who answered the phone, he's never there. When you be there, there, no, I gotta see. I gotta stay in the office handling shit, so I won't be coming. Right. right. I'm gonna gonna send Jeff and his road manager because you gotta think. Oh man, I was I was always on the road. Right. When I was on the road, I I toured for so many years. I was always an artist. Still, I had a role. We had a role manager. We had a manager. You know, and a whole lot. So I learned the insides of everything that I'm talking about from per diem. The booking hotels, so the, the ground transportation. I learned everything. I know you was one I of learned, the first DJs with a rider. I remember that. I remember you're a rider. You was one of the first know, DJs with a rider. Learned, because I had a rider. Right. Because when when they wanted to book Lil Flip, Lil Flip had his rider, and they said, "What what's the DJ's rider?" And you got to remember, I was flying from Tallahassee. Yeah. So well, my shit wasn't hard the airport. same. <laughs> so right, they, my shit my shit wasn't the same. So. When, when I'm flying from Tallahassee and I got my own rider, they got to make sure I got the right turntable. They got to make sure I got, you know, what is he going to need? And I, they should send me my shit and make they approve your rider, Demp. Make sure you got, make sure they got everything that you need on this one particular show right here. Okay, cool. So then I have my own separate rider from any artist that, was, that I was performing with. So I learned about the riders and all that shit. I learned how to put, when they started booking me for school events and all that, I put the green M&Ms in that bitch. <laughs> I put all that. I used to put, I, listen, I used to put weed on my rider, but it wasn't in the term of that. So I used to always tell a promoter, you got to make sure I got something to smoke when I get to the city because I'm not riding with it. Hey, man, I remember the make last sure I time got- I saw them like green M&Ms was the rider I had uh, that they put in place when I was the assistant art director for Nike, when Nike had took back over the NFL jerseys and stuff. And I was like, yo, when you get money, you can just make different demands because all they worried about is you performing at an optimal level. They just want to see you be great. They want to make they want to make sure you're straight. So I, I used to request I, I used to eat a lot of candy. So I used to request candy. Like they'd be surprised. They think I want a bottle of alcohol and I'd be like, I don't want no alcohol. I just need some muffin candy. I need some <laughs> bottle of water. Make sure I got my fruit punch. And that's pretty much it. And I'm good to go. How is like, that's it? That's what you <laughs> I'm like, man, we gotta buy this man gummy bears. We ain't gotta buy no liquor. We got the liquor for free. You gotta go yeah, back to the gotta, store. Yeah, we ain't gotta get no. Yeah, we ain't gotta get no liquor. Yeah, we got two bottles for you. I don't want no liquor. All right, I do want them gummy bears though. So you posted right. something that I do want to close out with that made a big impact to me. I know you busy. I appreciate you taking this time out. You said something about a kid recognizing you from Sky Zone. What was that feeling when you realized the transition of the impact you're making in people's life? It, it, it's crazy because, like I say, evolution. It, it's wild because when you get older, and, all, and also I ran to two kids yesterday who didn't know who the fuck I was. And they were two, <laughs> they were two, two young. Listen, uh, so I'm, I'm going to get back to that, but I'm going to tell you the story real quick. Go ahead, go so ahead. I go up to Chipotle, and I, I go up to Chipotle, and I'm getting ready to go in. I, I'm sitting in my car and I see these two kids. They, I found out their age. They were, they were 14. Both of them were 14. They, I knew they were teenagers. But they're sitting and I wonder why they're standing. I'm like, I'm thinking, do they think when I get out this truck, they're going to do something? Like, 
because they ain't going down like that. Right. But it couldn't have been possible because they had on flip-flop. They had on slides. You know what I'm saying? But they sitting outside, and I'm like, I know they look like they want to ask me for something, but they will come up to the truck. They just going to wait on me to get out. There was another person outside, but they weren't saying nothing to them. They just standing there, and they weren't really looking at my truck, but I, but they were. They wasn't going in none of the stores right there. It's on Appalachian Parkway where you got you got Hungry Howard, you got Chipotle right right before you get to the mall. That plaza yeah, I know you're talking was about. Best Buy. Mm-hmm. All right, so I'm in that plaza. I, I pull up to Chipotle. So I'm sitting in my truck because I'm on the phone and I'm still talking. And I see these dudes they standing by the pole. So I'm like, even these motherfuckers. And I know it's broad daylight, so I know they want to think about doing that. But people stupid nowadays. Yeah, very so I'm true. like, I don't know what these motherfuckers think. You know what I'm saying? But I get out the truck, you know what I'm saying? I wasn't tripping. It wasn't like I was scared or nothing. I get out the truck, and the dude walks up to me. He said, excuse me, excuse me, could you help me and my brother get something to eat? So I said, I knew this shit was coming. But I had just got the proclamation. This was yesterday when I just got the proclamation. So I'm already on a high. So I'm like, fuck yeah, I'm just telling the mayor about and stealing stuff from the kids or whatever, blah, blah, blah. So I'm like, and the funny part is when I first pulled up, I said to myself, I should say something to him, but... I ain't got enough time. I'm just going and get my food. So the dude, he walks up to me and said, yo, can you help me and my brother get something to eat? I said, something to eat from where? He said, we want some Hungry Howie's. Mm. And I was like, what you want, the $5 pizza? He was like, yeah. So I'm like, I ain't tripping. All right, come on. You know what I'm saying? I'm thinking about, what's $5? I can't tell a dude no. I feel like a fuckboy. Right. I tell a little dude no, and they just ask him for some food. So I, I walk him in there. And I'm asking a question like, so what's the problem? You're like, yeah, my mom, da, 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 they fall on hard times or whatever the case may be. So I go to the counter. I, I, I ask them about their grades and all that. I'm a, I am got to get all that information out of you because I got to know what type of shit you on. So I'm asking them about they doing good in school and all that stuff like that. But I walk up to the counter and so I say, yo, I tell the dude, I say, yo, hey, get, you'll get this kid from a pizza. I'm going to pay for it. And the dude like, yo, you sure you want to do that? And hmm. so they threw me off. I was like, I said, why you, why you say that? He said, because they do this all the time. They always be out there begging for food. They do this all the time. Mm. And I said, for real? He said, yeah, yeah. I said, fuck it, get it for him. So I go back over there to him, and I tell him, I'm like, yo, y'all can't be doing this. I said, they just told me y'all be out here all the time with this shit. Like, you need to put this type of energy right here. Get a job. A hustle. Right. You, yeah, I said, it's plenty of people out here to pay you as long as they see you got, that you're that you trying to do something. I said, y'all got to, I said, bro, you got to make your mama proud. Y'all 14 right now. You in school? Wow, you can go out there and wash cars. You can go wipe the windows. You can go cut some grass. You can do anything. That way you ain't. I said, because after I buy this $5 pizza, that shit is over. What you going to do then? Right. I said, you need to have your own money. This $5 pizza only going to last you till you're full. And then you got to, and then tonight, nigga, it's in the afternoon. Tonight, you're going to need something else to eat. I said, but if you go and you hustle right now, you can get, I said, you can go to public and, and take groceries back home to your mama and make your mama proud. You feel what I'm saying? I said, and I'm not talking about doing no dumb shit. I'm talking about legit business. Like, y'all can legitly go cut somebody's grass and they're going to pay you because they see that you that you want it. You feel what I'm saying? They're they going to look out for you because y'all are two well-able-bodied young kids. Y'all don't look crazy. Y'all right. look like y'all, you know what I'm saying? Teach a man how and to I'm fish like, versus just giving him fish. Right, yeah, you know, just give a fish, teach them how to fish. I'm like, yo, y'all need to get out here because in the, well, by the time you turn 18 and you get ready to graduate, you need to have a bag. You need to already be in your in your shit. I said, so y'all got to stop this standing outside because I said, everybody's not going to be as nice as me and just buy you nothing to eat. Right, and, and you could have been in a different mood and not bought them something to eat. It could have just been a different mood. I could have been, been a different, I could have I been, been on some fuck shit. I might not even had it, to be honest. Right. But. I just I can't really pass up no shit like that and be and, and let nobody go hungry like that. You know what I'm saying? But at the same time, I'm not into scams neither. You know what I'm saying? So that's why I talk to them. But for me, it's like you have to we got to instill in these kids, bro, about becoming businessmen and entrepreneurs the same way how yourself. Because I watch you, I watch you. I, I seen your podcast live. I'm, I'm I seen you do your thing like on the on Facebook live. Right. You know what I'm saying? So I know I know how you do it. But we got to tell these kids to do stuff like that because there's so much technology nowadays. You There's no way you should be broke. You should have $20 in your pocket right now because you went and took out somebody's trash right now. You feel what I'm saying? It's always something to, to do. Whatever, whatever mom and pop store you went to, you say, yo, 
let me take out y'all trash. I just need ten dollars. I'm gonna take out y'all trash. And you go hustle, take out their trash, make sure all that shit straight. They might give you fifteen. You go to another spot because some people they they need that type of help. They just don't. They just ain't trying to employ nobody because employing people is a whole different ball game. But if you got a little bit of hustle, you can start your own build up of your own capital. Twenty dollars, fifteen. Every I learned that every dollar counts. When I when I start saving money, I save my ones. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I I start to say, well, I don't spend no ones. Every time I come home, if I got ones in my pocket, I put them up. Put it away. Now you don't even know how many ones I done saved. I'm talking about I could have I could have ten ones just because I done bought certain shit during the day. And if I got ten ones in my pocket, I'm not gonna consider that money. I'm gonna consider it. that gotta go to the side. Boom. Thirty ones. That got to go to the side. Boom. It don't matter. But see, the funny thing is, man, this started 23 years ago. The the basis of what's instilled in you, because you got to think now, I got a a one-year-old nephew up in Tallahassee. Like, you got to hope people like you are still around for him to have somebody to look up to, because I think some of the qualities and just people to lead us and teach us, because like you said, we used to share information. Granted, we used to play quarters, roll dice, and do everything, but we was always talking about what was the next thing. It was one thing to entertain ourselves to pass time. It was another thing of how we was going to make a living. And everybody I remember being up in Clippers, I can't think of nobody that was constantly up there talking business with us that's not successful right now. Right. Oh, yeah, but you asked, you asked me the impact. You asked me the impact right. how I feel. I feel good because for one, this was a little white boy that said this. Oh wow! And, and I, I started doing, I started doing Sky Zone. I don't, I don't even charge them my regular rate to DJ. I do that because it's for the kids. And I, I when I, the first time they asked me to do it, I turned it down because I was like, okay, that shit ain't paying up, paying no money. Like you know, not what I'm used to getting. I'm not gonna be, you know, just going and doing that shit for no kids. But then I end up, I love kids. That's the crazy part. So when I finally end up doing it. And seeing the kids dance and they come they come by the BJ booth and they high five you and they like they give you the thumbs up and they like, yo man, dope music and all that, like that's a whole different feeling. So I started doing Sky Zone and they and they wanted me to keep coming back. They kept me in there, and they, then the owner asked me to be permanent because they used to they used to switch out the DJs like one week it'll be this DJ, next week it'll be this DJ, and they they rotate them. But when they got me in there, they wanted me to come back the next week and they said, Well, you come back because they knew my schedule was kind of crazy too. They said, if you're available, can you come back? And it was only from five, on Fridays from 9 to 11. So if I had that time, it was like a couple of times I said, no, nah, we're on the road or whatever. But that 9 to 11, I was like, okay, cool. So when they finally they asked me to be permanent, and I've been there like going on two years now, you know what I'm saying? And, um, That's dope, and just to see the kids, the stuff on the kid, the, the look on the kids' face and how excited they'd be. So when they come in, cause the kids don't really know you, they come by and they read the, they read my laptop and they yell out, DJ Dip, blah blah blah. <laughs> like that's like that, that's dope to me, cause they, you know, it ain't like they really know me. It ain't like they follow me on social media, but then they will stop, cause kids nowadays got Instagram right, and all that stuff. Right, they so got access. That, that's where that post came. That post came from Instagram, and these kids are young with Instagram. So for him to, he seen the pro, he seen the post with the mail with the proclamation, and he said, Yo, that's Dip from Sky Zone. Right. You yeah. like you like yo, you know what I'm saying? So for me, it was like them seeing somebody who they already love that does their music, and now they see me. They just see me getting a proclamation. You know what that does to a kid? Inspiration. If that a DJ can do they, it, I can yeah, do it. Yeah. Yeah, that's inspiration, man. There've been so many kids come out and just watch what I'm doing because they just they they fascinated by that. Like so, that's what I get out of. If if, if that part is worth more than the money. That's why I do it. The money, the money is, is is cool when you're getting paid for stuff like that. But to be able to inspire kids, I do that shit for free. I ain't gonna need, I ain't gonna need cap fees. Like that's that's some shit. If I got the time to do it, I would do that shit for free. Because instilling the kids stuff that they, if they if they look up to you, dog, that's a great, that's a wonderful feeling. And so for him, to, that's why I posted that. You know, I ain't. I'm just post shit like that. No, nah, you but never want to really. Say, you you normally keep it very business minded, yeah. Right. For him to say, y'all, that's them. You know what I'm saying? Like, it was funny, but it was also like, you know, wow. Like, he saw, he saw that post, and he's really telling, like, his friends, like, 
yo, this is because the the one you saw was just a single one because he had commented twice. The first one he commented, he tagged two of his friends and he was like, yo, this is Dent from Sky Zone. Oh, word. And then he and then he said the second one was like the the one with all the capital letters, and that's the one I screenshot. Yeah, it's uh, it's so DJ like, Dimp. Cool, I saw him at Sky Zone. Sky Zone. Yo, shout out yeah. to Bella Boo yeah. underscore Vinny. We appreciate that. That's real dope. Shout out to Bella Boo. Yeah, yeah, man. So, so he was cool, and, I, and he, I'm sure he'll probably come up to me tomorrow because I got glow tomorrow night at Sky Zone. But if if he's there, if he's there, he'll probably come up to me and, and say, "Yo, I saw your post." Blah, blah, blah. So man, but do me, up, man. They come. Talk. Do me a favor then, man. If Bella Boo underscore Vinny comes to you, take a picture, send that picture. We'll attach it to the podcast when we put it out. Let's just go ahead and give him a full That's shout okay, out. Man, I, got, I got you. And I, and I ain't never talked to nobody on no podcast. Hey, bro. Uh, I, well, I, I have talked to I knew. I, I talked to somebody on. I, I did a podcast when we did, when they when they did the Running Man Challenge for my boo. We had a bunch of people calling because they wanted to get the story behind the whole my boo shit. Right. Well, when they, when they, after, after they did the Running Man Challenge and that shit went back crazy, that 20 year anniversary. Yeah, yeah. That shit went dumb. But I don't really talk this much on the phone like this. I know. But you didn't have me on the phone. We 55, we 55 minutes in. I thought we were going to be on the phone at like 20, 20 minutes or something. Hey, bro, you, said you, you said you watched, you watched Evolution. My evolution has been people have told me I'm good with making people feel comfortable talking about stuff. That's that's one of my talents. Well, yeah, I mean, you got, you got, a, you got a great platform. So we might as well be allowed to make people up, you know, and let people... Um, and let people get it off their chest, whatever they got to say or whatever. You know what I'm saying? I feel like you're sitting in, I'm just sitting in my truck. I ain't even pulling into the driveway yet. I mean, it's in my garage. Dope. So I got I'm two just, last I'm questions just, for you then. Two last ones. Go ahead. You getting any more checks from uh, my boo since it came back out? Are they cutting any new royalty checks? Well, that that never stopped. That didn't that didn't stop from the beginning because we that record still gets played. So the royalty check never stopped. That's a side note for no, all no. these young kids out there trying to hustle. You never stop getting your money if you did your contract right the first time. Question number two, yeah, the last check. question. What are you listening to right now? Who should we be checking for? I man, I listen to every, I listen to everything, but you really can't get past. Well, right now I'm listening to Jeezy whole album, obviously because Jeezy's coming for Dent Week, but that's one of my favorite artists. And Jeezy, I listen to TM104. Okay. But if you turn on, if you turn on the radio, you can't get past the baby right now. Yeah. I don't care how you, which way you turn. One of one of his songs is coming on the radio in the next time. If I turn on the radio right now, one of his songs is on the radio. I I probably put a. I can't listen to it right now because I'm talking through my car. Right. But I can guarantee, if I took it off. And I turn on the radio right now. I will probably put money on. I will bet. I will bet on that. It's on some station. Yeah. And if it's not, it's going to be on there within the hour. And it's, yeah, it's it's 352. Something coming on within those next eight minutes on some station. I'm going to see. I'm going to see if I'm actually right, though. I want to see something real quick. I want to see something. I could be wrong, but I want to see something. Why you oh, okay, nah, it's all. That's the can we just talk. All right, I was uh, Hey, but hey, you, we know it's coming on. But you know, the last person I was just talking to, the baby is it. I mean, that was a big thing for North Carolina. And Kirk was a dope album. I actually, that's one of my few albums I listen to at the gym. That's not R and B or or, or a, a podcast. I do listen to the baby. Well, man, yeah, I just yeah, want to say, some, I like pop. I like pop. Okay. That, that, that new pop record. <laughs> that gotcha. I ain't gonna lie. <laughs> All right. Well, man, look, this is gonna be Aaron. I don't know when, man. I'm just, uh, I'm trying to get like 13 of them together. I really just want people to have some of the knowledge and realize that it's always been this way. With most of my friends, when we talk. It's a little bit of catching up, but we always talking about business in some way, shape, or form. It's been that way ever since I've been in college, ever since I owned a company. So I, I appreciate you jumping on the phone so quickly, man, and just giving me this time. And I want to say thanks for everything you did for me in Tallahassee, man. Thanks for holding that city up. Thanks for all the knowledge you shared with me. And thanks for giving me the opportunity. Without you, I would have never had footprints. Like, you were one of the main people that made that happen. So I really appreciate it. Well, that's what's up, man. Well, I definitely I salute you, my brother, for keeping everything going and, and, and keeping your path in the right direction and always 
you know, raising the bar or whatever it is you do. You always got something else going going on. You know what I'm saying? And um, you know, salute to you, my brother, and and, and respect and and um, much success to all your endeavors in the future. And that we all prosper. You feel what I'm saying? I appreciate that, man. Well, I'm gonna let you go, and I'm gonna turn this fucking mic off, man. I appreciate it. I don't doubt my brother. Peace. Wanted. Yo. So yeah, y'all, that was uh that was DJ Dump, man. And uh 23 years into the game, man. He's already off the phone, but I'm just adding this part in for him, for him to hear later. Dimp was one of the few people that believed in me and Donnell and Dante when we had Footprints Unlimited. He was rocking the shirts, wearing them in the clubs when he could have been wearing Fubu and everything else. It was so much other hot stuff, Sean John, but he was rocking a $3.50 t-shirt made by us that we were selling for $20. Uh, and that's how one of the things started. And I always had him for a reference. That's how I put together weeks. That's how I structured showcase was my experience of watching what he did. So like I said, man, I got dope friends. I know some dope people. So keep listening to it. All right, man. Fuck it. This mic is going off. Peace.